everyone. I'm Kelly Harrell, author, modern animist, and runes fangirl. Soul Intent Arts is my spiritually focused practice, and you're listening to What in the Weird, my podcast in which I talk about runes, animism, soul tending, and how all of that intersects through sacred activism on my path. Hi, everybody. Well, I have no news this week. Is that sad or just an indication that things are going well? Maybe both. I will say I've got several projects underway, and it's a good feeling after intentionally taking on nothing new since Runic Book of Days was sent to the editor probably six months ago. But I'll talk about how the new things are shaping up when they actually have a shape that I can talk about. But until then... The Weekly Rune is out, and if you're not sure what that is, it's a rune cast that I've done for several years focused on the runic calendar and the current half-month rune. You can find the archive of all of the rune casts on my site, solentonarts.com, and if you're not sure what a half-month rune is, listen to the early episodes of What in the Weird, or just go read the Weekly Rune on my website. It's explained at the beginning of every rune cast. I definitely want to say thanks to all of my Patreon supporters who make the sharing of my rune work through the RuneCast and the podcast possible with their financial support. That is how I am able to do a free version. What do you get for showing financial support? Well, the full weekly rune, no ads, more detail on the RuneCast, weekly prompts for engaging the half-month rune, and a Galder recording for how to work with the weekly RuneCast through chanting. That's just the $5 a month level. If you want more rewards, such as the Samhain Alphablot Darktime RuneCast that came out last week, you can choose from different tiers of service. There are all kinds of different things. Go check it out. If you look at patreon.com, search for the weekly rune, you can find a tier that works for you. And thank you so much for doing that. You can always subscribe to the free version of the weekly rune by going to solentonarts.com. Last week we talked about completing the first et and moving into the second with Hagalaz. I'm not going to rehash that transition. It is a good one to go back and listen to, though, if you kind of want to get your bearings for how to move into the rest of the cool season. And I want to emphasize the self-care part of this time of the year. Most people that I know approach entry into the dark time lightly, too lightly, really. It's kind of a party time. After all that heat in the Northern Hemisphere, there's the liveliness in the coolness, the crispness that comes in the air. And it's understandable that people would kind of feel relief from it. That liveliness quickly leads to overwhelm with the winter holidays. And really, by that point, coping skills are usually already overtaxed. Now's the planning time for that. Hagalaz is nothing if not about getting your priorities together. Granted, usually as a result of some cataclysmic life change, but still, its blunt force urges you to get your shit straight. And given the trajectory of the winter runes that follow Hagalaz, heed that urge to prioritize now. 
what does that mean for this week? Well, focusing on self-care can mean working with the runes in a different way. A lot of times I talk about tangential things to the runes, things like coping skills, resources, self-care, things that come up often in my shamanic practice. And I'd like to get to some really granular um, discussion about how to work with the runes this week themselves to facilitate your own self-care or at least provide starting points for where else to look for how to hone your self-care. And I'm also going to talk about the runes from a divinatory standpoint, which I also don't normally do. I mean, yes, I do the weekly rune cast, which is divination. It's not wild divination. It's not just completely blind, rampant divination. It has a very set structure. But really, I don't talk about using the runes for divination much on What in the Weird. I mean, other than discussing reversals and whether those have merit. I haven't. Have I? Have I? I don't think so. You tell me. No, really, tell me. I don't work with the runes in a purely divinatory way at a personal level. So kind of getting back to that this week is my old school. A lot of folks don't know what I mean when I say self-care. I talk about it everywhere, like for real. I'm writing about it. It's in my classes. It's in everything right now. So some people have no idea what I mean, or some people do know what I mean, but they don't know how to do it, or they feel stressed at the mention of the word and tell me to fuck off. Self-care is that personal for people. You know, they don't really want to talk about their personal sanity-saving rituals, and, and they don't want to talk about if they're working. So, of course, you know, that's where we're going today. Self-rituals are the things that help you feel better. Duh, right? I mean, they're not escapist. It's not that kind of self-care. But their focus is to literally help you care for yourself so that you can recoup the energy and balance you need to get back out in the world and do the awesome things that you do every day to save the world. So for the people who tell me to fuck off, it's because the idea of downtime is privileged. Some of us don't have an opening for anything but work. And and that work might be in the form of being hypervigilant to staying safe when you leave the house. It might be working 10 times harder to earn 20 times less. It might be being a single parent. It could be being physically health-wise unable to do the things that best serve you, that best create and preserve your boundaries and show care. It's a valid fuck-off. It's not that I'm dismissing it. And to that, I encourage you to shape your self-care the best way that you can, what, whatever your resources are, whatever your outlets are. And for the folks who have the luxury of tapping out and taking downtime for self, I encourage you to explore ways that you could provide that same kind of downtime to lesser privileged people, the ones who really need it just as much as you do. Donate money, time, effort to services, or resources that could soothe someone else who needs self-care. I said that part about how self-care isn't escapist, right? Its intention isn't to let you hide from whatever's going on that's causing tension in your life, but to give you refuge 
from it so that you can replenish and have what you need in place internally to get back out there when you need it. Well, the runes aren't escapist either. If you've worked with them for five minutes, you know that, and sometimes to a sadistic fault, which is, of course, why I think they're ideal resources for self-care. They don't play. And no, you don't have to read too much into that. I'm going to assume, if you're listening, that you have your own rune set, that you literally physically have one, or that you're connected to the runes in some personal, spiritual way that you carry them with you. Whatever works for you. But bringing them into your self-care can be as simple as just setting a scale. Like, for instance, just choose, pull out the first eight runes, you know, the first et, and set the others aside just for now. And and assume that beginning with Fehub, just for this example, I personally don't start with Fehub, but we're just going to go with what everybody knows in the traditional ordering. Beginning with Fehu as uh, maybe not doing so great with whatever your self-care is right now and with Wunyo being just absolutely stellar health care. So from the first eight runes, I want you to just draw one. And whatever one you draw, I want you to just hold in mind the intention for that rune is for you to know how you're doing with your self-care. And assess where it falls in your scale. If Fehu's great, if Wunyo's not so great, what rune do you have? And that will give you an indication, right? If you trust the runes, this is a new way to look at working with them. So when you do that, take notes. I always tell everybody to write everything down and then put all your runes back together. All of them, everybody. Happy family. So The next thing I want you to do is write down three self-care practices that you do. And I mean ones that you really do, not ones that you tell people you do or that you wish you did or you would do if you had more time. Three, that you do. For each self-care practice in turn, meaning one at a time, I want you to make the same statement about that practice. I want you to say something along the lines, use the wording that works for you, that you would like for the runes to inform you how you're doing with this one self-care practice. And then draw a rune and sit with that for a little while. Like take some notes, write down, how do you interpret that rune? What does it say about how you're doing with that practice? Is that practice working? Does it need to go? And then I want you to do that with the second one and with the third one. And how does that inform you? I mean, depending on how your practices are up to this point, maybe you could do some follow-up, further divinatory follow-up with the runes about what you've learned for your self-care. However you engage the runes, see how you can take that dialogue further to be useful in enriching your self-care practices, to find ones that actually really work for you now before the shit hits the fan in the holidays. And if you're not doing so great and want some ideas on self-care practices, state that to the runes as well and see what you come back with. What do you pull out of that bag? Maybe you need self-care practices for different issues. Like you could say, 
you know, work-related, do a draw or a cast even on that, relationship, dealing with the world, what, you know, the crazy that is just getting up in the morning every day. You could draw a rune for each one of those and see what practice is suggested by the rune that comes up. I think that how you read the runes really comes down to the relationship that we you have with them and being able to apply really tactile, tangible life instances helps you get more out of them, out of your relationship with them, and it deeply informs you about your personal life. Keep it simple. Anything that you complicate, you're less likely to do in terms of working with the runes in terms of your self-care. Keep it all simple. Keep it all doable. Let the wisdom that the runes brings you be brief and just go with it. Make some notes and see what you come back with. Learning self-care and doing it is two different things. How full is your cabinet with supplies that you never use or fitness paraphernalia that's still in the box? I mean, it's a thing, right? We just have a tendency to know this thing is good for me. I should do it. I'll go get one. I'll learn how to do it. I'll take the training. And then it literally just sits in the corner. So when I say self-care rituals are only as good as your, your best Ansu's Rido formulation, I mean, if you won't take the time to cultivate them in fair weather, if you don't learn to name it what it is and actually do it, take it for a test drive, then reaching for those self-care practices won't become a reflex by the time life really is a shitstorm. When it comes to consciousness raising rituals, I tell people all the time, you can wait until life has gotten really stressful to start being more aware. It isn't that you can't. You absolutely can. You can wait until the trauma to learn awareness. But the thing is, if you do wait, you're going to double the amount of stress that you're feeling. What happens is you've got this life crisis playing out and you're trying to change your awareness, your personal patterns all at the same time. It's really hard to do. And that is the voice of experience. That's why people spend decades learning spiritual and mindfulness techniques. It's not so that they can stop those things from happening because life happens. Life is life. And if you've figured out how to stop the crappy things from happening, please email me now. But we do these self-care practices so that we're already trained in how to do them well, or at least how to do them to the best of our ability under duress. Draw the runes that speak to your self-care needs and their fulfillment. Draw, draw them around you, literally. Like, put them on your body. Put them near you, in your car. Put them where you eat breakfast every morning. Put them on your desk. Leave them in places where they'll remind you to do the specific self-care practices that they told you about in that little session that you did earlier. I mean, sing them so that your body already knows what the right runes in the right situation feel like. You can bring the runes into your self-care, into the acquisition of proper self-care rituals for you. And in implementing them long term, they will sustain you, the runes and 
the self-care rituals. And I hope you will. Part of having a resource like the runes walking with you is learning how they work for you personally. Creating self-care practices with them is one way to do that. And thank you for doing the self-care so that you show up every day. That's what it's about. We each take care of ourselves so that we get our duty done. So that we're not putting it off on anybody else. Do your self-care so you can show up. That's it for this episode. If you have questions or insights, I'm even open to suggestions about self-care, hagalas, preparing for the dark time, all of it. I'm in. Feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or you're more likely to catch me on Instagram at Kelly Soul Arts. And you can call in through the Anchor app that can be downloaded for Android or iPhone. You can check out earlier episodes by downloading those from Google Play or iTunes. And if you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of lovely ladies, also on Anchor. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting solentonarts.com. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird. Mm-hmm.